Welcome to the American Meteorological Society's podcast series on careers in the atmospheric and related sciences. I'm Kelly Savoy, and I'm here with Jason Emanuel, and we will be your hosts. Our podcast series will give you the opportunity to step into the shoes of an expert working in weather, water, and climate sciences. We're excited to introduce today's guest, Jim Curzo, a radar meteorologist at MIT Lincoln Laboratory. Welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Jim, when did you decide you wanted to be a meteorologist? What sparked your interest? I think like a lot of meteorologists, it was very young, probably around age five or six. Um, I was living in Connecticut at the time in the blizzard of 93, I think uh, is also called the storm of the century, although there's been many of those. Uh, There were nearly 20 inches of snow in western Connecticut. So I got really interested in that. And then my parents got me a weather station and it just kind of took off from there. Oh, cool. So what was your first job? Uh, My first job was uh, I did a number of internships um, and then I went to graduate school and that was similar to a job. But now my my current job is my first real job, a staff member at Lincoln Laboratory. Oh, nice. So how long have you been there now? Uh, A little over three years. So did you major in meteorology or were you did you major in something else first and then switch? I took a weird path. I did I did my undergraduate at Millersville University in meteorology. That's in Pennsylvania. Um, and then I really took a liking to severe weather and radar. And so I did my master's degree in meteorology at the University of Oklahoma. But as I became more interested in radar, I realized that I needed to understand more about the radar hardware and the engineering side. So I actually did a second master's uh, in electrical engineering. And then I did uh, my PhD in meteorology but it incorporated a lot of engineering work as well. Oh, yeah. So you had like a pretty broad educational background. So when you were first looking for your first job, was there anything that you felt was a must-have on a resume just in preparation? Yeah, I definitely think that programming is is the primary experience that's really needed. And this is not just in radar meteorology. It's through a lot of meteorology. Um, you know, many schools now, undergraduate programs and graduate programs are including programming in their in their um, their curricula. And I, I started with Fortran, which is a very typical programming language for Earth sciences. It's used in a lot of modeling. But mm-hmm. now in radar, I use a lot of MATLAB and Python. Um, it's very, very critical to be able to program. Okay. So what do you use these languages for in your day-to-day job? A lot of analysis, um, algorithm development. So we're doing things like uh, creating real-time algorithms for the WSR-88D weather radar network. Mm -hmm. We're analyzing case studies. Um, We're doing uh, statistical research on things we see on weather radar. Just a whole bunch of different things that it's very helpful to have programming experience for. What, what other courses or skills beyond, you know, required math, science, and computer skills would be most helpful for somebody who wanted to be a radar meteorologist? You know, the soft skills that some people usually need for, for positions. Well, you know, I'll, I'll just mention again uh, programming, even though you said computer skills. I mean, um, programming can be learned outside of the classroom, especially even at the middle school and high school level. Um, something like Python is is open source. There's lots of documentation. Um, you can learn it on your own. You can become proficient very quickly, um, and it costs you nothing. You can get free radar data. You can start analyzing the data and 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 doing cool things with it. Um, but other than that, um, 
you know, if you really want to go into radar meteorology, I'd say even just a basic course in some signal processing, um, very basic introduction to electrical engineering, not circuits and things like that, but some signal processing and maybe, you know, um, a, a, a little bit more of an engineering heavy radar course. What about presentation skills or writing skills? Do you have to um, do technical writing or um, present at any conferences? Would that be helpful? Yes, it, it really does depend on what you end up doing with your education. I would say that a lot of people at the bachelor's level um, go into something like, um, for example, bachelor's or master's level may go into the National Weather Service, where they're very radar savvy people, um, including researchers. There are people who work at the National Weather Service uh, Radar Operations Center, and they're doing a lot of technical work and algorithm work. But as you get more up into academia and the national labs at the at the PhD level um, and during grad school, you do do a lot of presentations, a lot of um, manuscript writing, journal publications. Um, that is a big part of my job. Yeah. So in your experience, had you taken coursework in school for programming or had you uh, done a boot camp or something like that? Um, in my program at Millersville, we learned Fortran sophomore year, and that was really my introduction to programming. Um, and then we had a couple other courses. One was IDL, and then there was another one in Python. And I think they've really moved to focus on Fortran and Python uh, since then. Um, and then I took another Python course in graduate school. And then a lot of, a lot of courses just... Um, you can use whatever program language you want to hone your skills and do the projects. And so I'm always, I've always been a big MATLAB guy. Um, it's just, it's where I feel comfortable. Okay. Yeah. What's your typical day on the job like? Well, um, I do a lot of coding. I keep talking about programming. Um, <laughs> I do, I do, um, a lot of MATLAB, some Python. Um, I actually have been doing some C and C++, which is interesting for real time work. Um, I do a lot of radar analysis of various case studies. Um, so uh, we work on tornado cases, flash flood cases, and uh, mm. various different things. Um, I work with sponsors and manage programs and people. I think um, uh, for me, getting a PhD was really about wanting to guide the scientific vision and the goals of various projects. Mm -hmm. And having that has allowed me to manage programs and people and, and, and kind of guide the vision of the, of the science and the projects. Do you ever do any field work or, you know, the, the typical storm chasing? Maybe when you were in college, did you ever experience any of that? Yeah. So in graduate school, I actually um, took part in Vortex and Pecan field projects. And then I was very, very lucky to be able to run my own field program for four years um, at the University of Oklahoma. I, I ran our atmospheric imaging radar convective field program where we brought a very advanced phased ray radar um, all around the plains to try to scan tornadoes at close range. And so it's actually funny. I was very afraid of thunderstorms until late in high school. And now I've seen something like 25 tornadoes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. When you say close it's, range, how close range are you talking? Um, I think the closest we got was probably about four to five kilometers. So not, oh, not extremely close, but um, close enough to get a good look. Yeah. <laughs> and so would you be like running analysis on the tornadoes or what would your role be in that program? 
Um, so back then in graduate school, I was working both on the radar hardware, maintaining the radar, updating the radar, because it was a, a it was built at the University of Oklahoma. It wasn't something we had bought. So there was a lot of maintenance to be done. But then, yes, we were also analyzing the cases. Um, I've worked with a couple of students since then who are analyzing cases that we collected and doing a lot of interesting things. Um, and then uh, one of the things that was really exciting about that project is we were fortunate enough to be able to publish in BAMS in 2017, oh, cool. a collection of cases that we uh, had had uh, put together and analyzed. And we were even luckier. We got to be on the cover of BAMS with a picture of the radar and a tornado. And it was a lot of fun. It was really probably the highlight for me of, of uh, my career so far. Nice. <laughs> so exciting. Um, so you touched on where radar, where radar meteorologists work. Um, do certain sectors hire radar meteorologists more than others, or is it kind of just, you know, spread out? It is kind of spread out, but I'd say that academia and national labs are pretty common places for algorithm development and research, which is more of what I do. So the severe storm labs, NCAR, um, federally funded research development centers, FFRDCs, um, places like that are, are pretty common to hire radar meteorologists. The National Weather Service, as I said, has the Radar Operations Center, not to mention the forecasters who use the radar a lot. But another big sector is industry. Uh, there's multiple companies out there that build weather radars and develop radar products, um, including for television. Um, there's, there's a lot of different opportunities out there. I know, um, some people who work for, um, the state, uh, uh, depending on what state they're in, state climatology offices, people that work in wind energy, um, that, that do radar, um, people who work on ingesting radar into model data for real-time forecasting, uh, a lot of different things to do. So would you say that the job market's pretty good if you wanted to go into radar meteorology? Do you think there's a pretty good amount of jobs available? There are. You know, I think that um, the radar meteorology field isn't particularly huge. There's not a lot of us. And, you know, for me, I originally wanted to be a forecaster. I loved forecasting. And then one day I, I read a paper about about radar, face ray radar, and I really fell in love with it. And I realized there are other things in meteorology, and I'm really, really interested in this. And so I'd say that given that we're there's not a lot of us um, and there's a need, there's definitely uh, people out there who need radar meteorologists. I see listings all the time and um, uh, it's it's a great place to be. Yeah, so you'd mentioned that there are openings in industry, like in terms of building radar and so forth. Could you have an engineering background and enter that field or would you need to have majored in meteorology? Absolutely engineering works. And mm -hmm. I'll say that one of the biggest difficulties in radar meteorology is the disconnect between meteorology and electrical engineering. There are very few people out there that understand both. And, you know, it's hard to have a meteorologist who understands all the technical details about RF circuitry and pulse compression and all of these interesting <laughs> things. And then, you know, the meteorologists, or sorry, the engineers uh, don't necessarily understand why we need the sensitivity to see clear air in a gust front, you know? So mm. both of those fields are very heavily involved and need to communicate well with each other. If you can be a little bit in both fields, that's ideal. But um, yeah, I mean, you have the people who are building the radars, which are more of the engineers. And then you have the people uh -huh. that are developing the radar products, which are often more like the meteorologists. So you've done a good job of bridging that gap, it seems like. 
Yeah, that was my goal. You know, once I found out that I was interested in in radar meteorology, um, I really felt like the University of Oklahoma was a place where I could do both a strong engineering program and a strong meteorology program. And I think getting to run a field program with a radar that we uh, we all kind of pitched in to, to build on scratch money was pretty cool. So would you say that, so you got your meteorology degrees first, and then you got an engineering degree. Do you think that was the way to go? Or if you had done it differently, would you have done the engineering first and then meteorology? I know people who've done it both ways. I know people who have done a physics undergrad and then done a meteorology master's and electrical engineering master's and then a meteorology PhD. And um, there are all sorts of different ways to do it. I'll say that in graduate school, at least, we had a lot of people who came from different backgrounds. And that's not just in radar. That's in a lot of different areas. Um, I think the idea that you have to have an undergraduate degree in meteorology specifically to do a lot of things in our field is is a little far-fetched. Um, there's a lot of different pieces of things that we need. And, um, you know, you can do it either way. Did you have um, any advice from a faculty advisor on going into the, the engineering or was that something you just figured out on your own? My advisor, uh, I had two advisors, Bob Palmer and Boon Ling Chung at uh, the University of Oklahoma, and they were actually both engineers, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, and so when I got recruited uh, to go to OU, um, there was actually uh, another scientist who I still work with, David Bodine, uh, he's a really uh, well-known radar meteorologist, and he was the first one to be going through this this dual master's program. And um, that was actually kind of upfront stated as, you know, this is a cool idea. We'd like to do this more. And so I was kind of brought into it by my advisors right away. So was the dual masters, were they concurrent? Like you were taking coursework for both simultaneously? I did the master's in meteorology first, and then hmm. I did the master's in electrical engineering while I was doing the PhD in meteorology. And so the way that the way that worked was the master's in electrical engineering didn't have a thesis. It was a non-thesis option, which meant I have to take an exit exam. Mm -hmm. um, and it basically just meant I had to take a bunch of extra courses while I was doing my PhD research. Okay, I see. And you had mentioned um, publishing in BAMS and your other publications. Did you have a specific area of research that you focused on? During my PhD, I worked on a topic called pulse compression, mm -hmm. which is a um, a piece of radar engineering that we don't typically use in weather radar. Um, it's more, it's been around in radar for, for decades, but we haven't used it in weather radar much before. Mm -hmm. um, the idea behind pulse compression is that we can use much more affordable, low power transmitters, possibly in phase array radars and, and things like that, and get much more sensitivity out of that radar, even though it's lower power by sending a longer pulse. And so the idea there is that you can make radars that are much more affordable, much smaller, and maybe have things like gap fillers and, and phased arrays uh, with many, many elements. Um, we, it's, uh, it's the use of solid state transmitters. It's essentially the power of a light bulb, hmm. um, but you're seeing hundreds of kilometers away by using pulse compression. Okay. Is that technology currently being developed or already in use somewhere? Pulse compression is a very well-developed technology, but um, it still has its issues for weather radar. It is being used mm -hmm. in the research fields quite a, quite a bit, and there are a number of companies that are selling uh, radars to the meteorological community that use pulse compression, but we don't currently use it on, say, the WSR-88D network. Okay. 
What type of um, professional development activities do you engage in usually? Well, I have to say the AMS, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm on a number of AMS committees and and boards, and I go to a lot of conferences. I really love the annual meeting. That's that's really one of my favorites. Also, Radar Meteorology and Severe Local Storms uh, Conference are are really, really right up my alley. I like to present. Um, I also really like to publish, and I'm really into STEM outreach. So trying to get kids interested in careers just like this. So we always like to ask our guests one last fun question at the end of the podcast. So what's your favorite movie and why? <laughs> this is going to be the most unoriginal answer of all time for meteorologists, <laughs> but uh, it is it is Twister for obvious reasons. Um, oh, why? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that I actually liked Twister that much when I was a kid because I was afraid of thunderstorms, but... Um, it kind of became a thing between my grad sc- grad school friends uh, over the years to watch Twister in March before the the storm season ramped up, and uh, um, I don't know. I feel like I can quote almost the whole movie now. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be a, a favorite of many meteorologists. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a good movie. It was definitely entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's a fitting choice. <laughs> well, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us, Jim, and sharing your experiences as a radar meteorologist. Thank you. Please join us next time, rain or shine.